Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys. A podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series, Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine, or even the Cosmopolitan, and settle in. Take it away, boys. Well, everybody, welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, where in the three guys who have never seen Sex and the City, mostly... Watch it from the beginning until the end of this show. No. Nope. <laughs> not, that's not it. No. Nope. That's you. We right before we started, we were like, Do you have yeah. it? Uh-huh. And it was, what is it? Can we can Corey can you just come in right now? Do you and bring us the, in right now? Yeah, why don't you just bring <clears throat> us in right now? Because you really botched that one, Kevin. I'll say okay, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, where three guys who've never seen Sex in the City work their way through the show for the first time. Mostly, so much better. That so was much better. I will say that is not the best we've done it. That's it's a little it's a little cleaner than that usually. But you're on Theraflu, and so I am on I am <laughs> on a little bit of Theraflu. I'm I'm getting over a cold. I'm not sick anymore, but you know I'm I'm still medicated. And we and you nailed it. I nailed I'm completely <laughs> healthy, I and was, I couldn't. Yours was like if someone's like, just tell me the gist, and you're like, it's uh, three guys that have never well, so the show Sex in the City, but there's three guys who haven't seen it, but they are now. And it's the first time for them to see it, mostly. Mostly. But good energy. Yeah. Good it energy. had good energy. <laughs> it had a lot of personality. When you were delivering true. that, how how much were you holding the word mostly in the back of your head? And, and <laughs> that was, when were you going to, like, I were you know worried what, about that the whole time? I was worried about it the whole time. There's I was a, like, beginning, middle, or end. We'll just pepper it all over. <laughs> just throw it in. There's a thing in Steve Martin's autobiography where he talks about his main memory of doing comedy is standing on stage and being like, I'm talking to the audience but I'm in my head knowing what I have to do two minutes from now. And I'm in two places at once. And I feel like when you did that, you were yeah. just like, it was, I got to say mostly at some point in the next six seconds, I've got to say mostly. That was it. Only Steve Martin is good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a seminal episode We're this is, is episode nine. This is episode nine. And this is incredibly exciting. Yes. We have an incredible guest. We do. I think uh, We've already been talking. We had to start. We had to start the show, and we have to get back into the energy because we've already had such a great conversation. We have Dan Clay, hi, <laughs> also known as Carrie Dragshaw. That's right, the internet <laughs> phenom. Mm-hmm. Dan, welcome to the Bradshaw Boys. Thank you so much for having me. It's we're, an honor. We're very, very excited to have you. <laughs> we also, I think, kind of couldn't believe that we that we 
got you. We just like reached out to you on the internet and we were like, I was like, guys, Dan's in. We right. were really excited. Well, you know, internet famous is very different than real famous. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually Still famous. quite accessible. Still famous. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, um, how long have you, why don't you just explain what happened yeah, from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, so, I people hardly that don't even know. really know what happened, yeah. but I can explain the chronology. Um, so I dressed up as Carrie Bradshaw for Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. It had been kind of like a bucket list item for me. Like, I I loved Sex and the City growing up. Like, it took a certain amount of time for me to be comfortable and confident enough to slip on a tutu. Um, but that time did come, and I, I love Sex and the City, obviously. Um, and so I wanted to like do it right. Um, and so actually patriciafield.com sells a carry tutu. Mm. Um, so I went straight to the source and got a tutu and like tried on like 25 different pink tank tops um, to make sure I had the you know perfect hue. And so I did put a lot of energy into making sure that it was like a proper homage. Um, and then I just posted a picture on my own Instagram account. Uh, just had probably like, 700 friends following me at that uh-huh. time um, with no aspirations for internet fame. Um, just want to make my friends smile on Halloween. Um, and then I went out and then I came back home and my phone had like exploded and it had, however these things happen, it had gone viral. Like a bunch of Sex in the City blogs had seen it. Um, it's some way, somehow, the queen... Herself, Sarah Jessica Parker had seen it. Patricia Field had seen it. And oh, they all unbelievable! Said, like, they all said amazingly kind things. Um, so cool. And that day, I had just been like messing around with a friend. I live right near the Carey apartment. Um, we took a few other pictures that day, just like at Magnolia Bakery, and yeah. at, uh, that'll that'll be coming soon. Guys. <laughs> um, and I still had them, so I was like, what if I just like kept posting them? <laughs> like, would people still care? Um, and I posted some more now with like a Carrie style musing, like a couldn't help but wonder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and people stayed, it seemed to make them smile. Um, and it just seemed like a really fun escape for me, but also a really simple way to just like, I don't know, spread a little positivity and love. Um, so a, I bought oh, some new outfits. That's awesome. That's amazing. It's what, what always, you, sorry, go ahead. You asked your question. Sorry. It's always like, it's never like, so I knew people were going to love this. And so it's, oh, whenever you hear something like that, there's like the, I did not mean for this to happen. Yeah. Quality. I mean, it you was know? like, it was so, I, I mean, like beyond unexpected. Like I didn't, it, it didn't even cross my mind that yeah. it, anything would like it was it was Halloween everybody yeah. posts a picture of their Halloween costume online so it, it it hadn't even entertained the possibility of like what if yeah. thousands of people see this picture that's crazy um, yeah so what, what year do you remember what year this was yeah no it's just um la- like two Halloweens ago so oh Halloween my 2016. Wow. wow yeah that's incredible yeah, she's been She's been busy. And and <laughs> when did you come up with the name Carrie Dragshaw? So that, that was like, it was pretty early. I mean, it's pretty like obvious when you reflect on it. It's like, well, naturally, that yeah. would be the name. I was actually surprised that there hadn't hadn't existed it's so before. good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like with, you know, it's obviously like a huge show with my people. Yeah. <laughs> so like the fact that like a, a Carrie Dragshaw didn't exist yet, I was like, wow. Um, but I think it was like the, maybe the third or fourth 
picture that I posted um, because I was starting to get, enjoy like the caption writing as much as the yeah. picture. Um, and so I was like, oh, that, that's kind of clever. Um, and so I gave her a name, but still not with not with the even when I was posting more like I never thought that I would still be do like I always assumed that there would be one day I would post a picture and it would be greeted with silence. Yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah. would just, you know, go back to my life of posting pictures of my dog. And <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that never happened. <laughs> and your most recent picture, you, a dream of yours came true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even, not even a dream. Like I wouldn't have even had the idea to dream of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, was on Watch What Happens Live, Andy Cohen's show, and he's good friends with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, And I was on the show that she was on, um, and it was, like, absolutely terrifying (laughs) because, like, just... It was also completely surreal Mm -hmm. in in, in an almost, like, existential way. Like, it, it didn't even really think that we sort of lived on the same planet. Yeah. You know? yeah, like, yeah. I've like watched her in the fictional world of yeah. whether it's Sex in the City or any number of movies. Um, so the idea that we could even physically exist in the same room was already like the premise was kind of blowing my mind. Um, and then she was beyond kind. I mean, truly beyond kind, like went, but like even during commercial breaks and even after the show just going out of her way to be and I I was I'm not even being false humility like I was so nervous and uh, incoherent yeah. and like after I started like talking to her about my manicure and I'm like wait you're meeting your idol why are you t- spending 35 <laughs> seconds talking about your manicure like get your shit together well that um, I I watched the clip and it was it wasn't like Andy Cohn was like explain what you did and then she's like that's great she was like raving it was crazy. giving you a review like what you do is amazing i was like that's it's not even what i expected when i saw yeah. the clip oh i mean it, it like and also um because i really do i mean i i spend a lot of time trying to one make sure it's like a very respectful and loving homage and mm-hmm. not ever you know a spoof because it's like obviously uh, i love the show Mm -hmm. um but two like i really really enjoy the process of crafting the captions and making them little stories and building on the very as i'm sure you're already by episode nine already getting a grasp of like a very iconic memorable speaking style that does have a certain rhythm that you can can mimic pretty um pretty easily if you pay attention to like the certain notes that she hits um so the fact that she spent so much time talking about the captions and the fact that she even reads like it still it it just baffles me and it was like really a great joy for me that's so amazing <laughs> that's so crazy that's yeah so cool i think all of us maybe a little bit me maybe the most coming into it blind i expected to be a little snarkier watching it just being like this show's like totally i was like i'll be the devil's advocate since like Corey and john have both seen a few episodes and i'll talk like but it sucked me in like pretty quickly to be yeah. like, ah, oh, I love being in this world. So totally. you, you thought you were going to be a Miranda. I, th- I thought you came in as a Miranda. I thought. And well, I, in Miranda, the red hair. Miranda's <laughs> very like Miranda is definitely the the most 
modern of the Sex and the City character. Like right, she, right. She, she's the she's kind of the like anytime you talk to a younger because when I was originally like you. Nobody wanted to be a Miranda. Like right. if somebody yeah. called you a Miranda, it was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, like, like everybody, you know, all like everybody wanted to be, you know, the more like, you know, out at night kind mm-hmm. of ones. Um, but, you know, I think Miranda has um, has aged in the fictional sense, like really, really well. And she rep- I think the show in so many ways, whether it's the fashion or certain certain perspectives um, was really ahead of its time. Yeah. I think like Miranda yeah. can stand for like there's this great line um that I never it like totally passed me by the first time watching it, but Charlotte is talking to everyone at brunch. Um and she says, she's like, oh let's all go take this seminar on how to please a man. Um and then Miranda goes, I know how to please a man. Just give him all your power. <laughs> and like when I first watched it, I had no context for that right I never given a man all my power like yeah, I had yeah. no right. reference but you know as you age you like look back on it and you're like wow that she knew yeah she knew what she was talking that's about that's such a like 2018 2017 totally. so, quote yeah. said 20 years ago yeah. yeah yeah and I think you know the show gets a lot of flack for certain because truly I mean certain perspectives and we'll even see one in the episode we watch now, like d- it is a little grading with the modern perspective, like certain perspectives on gender mm-hmm. and sexuality and, yeah. and, and race. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of other elements that were very progressive yeah. and exciting yeah. to see on TV at the time. So. Wh- how, uh, where were you in life when you first started watching the show? So I first, when it was on originally, I was very much in the closet. Um, and I actually have a very clear recollection of a bunch of sorority girls coming over to my frat dorm room to watch the season finale. Uh-huh. Um, and I was in the background, like pretending to hate the show. What? Um, but great. but there was I always she comes out in this like mint green tool skirt in the finale. She Is this season this, one, the season one finale or season, the? The series, series finale. Finale. Okay. Yeah. okay. She comes out in this like mint green tulle skirt with this like tight top and little jacket and little muff. Um, and I'm like sitting there like pretending to hate it, like having my frat boy face on, but inside I'm just like, oh my god, that's amazing! That's so- <laughs> Holy shit, what's happening? Um, and you know, it wasn't until I like moved to New York where I actually, which was like six or seven years later, um, where I actually like properly watched it similar to how you guys wow. are now yeah. like started with season one episode oh, one that's so awesome um and then like from the get-go it was just like oh my god like how have i been denying myself this for so many <laughs> years like it was so and i have i do have like a lot of superficial things in common with the i mean i live right near the actual apartment yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i also like i love the glittery side of new york nightlife so from the get-go i just was yeah. like totally in the you know sort of documentary that kind of the first few episodes are have you uh have you recreated that uh outfit yes. that you saw you yes have? and really? it's still my favorite it took forever um but it's still my favorite my favorite outfit that that's I've awesome done. it was that's one great. of the, one of the so earlier amazing. ones yeah so reclaimed w- it. where'd you grow up <laughs> In Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah. And then so. where, where'd you go to college? Northwestern. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, in Evanston? So, yeah. yeah oh, cool. Yeah. Member of the Lodge fraternity. Shout out to the Lodge. <laughs> to the and lodge. Did, did you 
come out in college or once you moved to um, New York? Or? I mean, <laughs> I didn't technically come out in college, but also it, like my attempt to <laughs> be in the closet wasn't exactly successful. <laughs> like, no, nobody was that surprised. <laughs> like the leap to Carrie Bradshaw impersonator was like not too far for any of my uh, frat brothers to grasp. Um, and they've like, they're all, I'm still close with a ton of people. Like I was, I was in the closet, but I wasn't, um, wasn't exactly repressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nobody was that surprised. That's great. Amazing. Well, uh, we're gonna go watch an episode. You know what episode we're gonna watch already, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I prepped. I that's great. It. Yeah. Did you already watch it? Yeah. Oh, well, Epis you have before. Episode yeah. nine. Yeah. Episode this nine. This will be the ninety-seventh time that I've watched it. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go watch that episode, and then we'll come back, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Amazing. Awesome. Episode nine. The Turtle and the Hare. Carrie is unhappy when Mr. Big tells her he never wants to get married again. Stamper Blatch proposes to her in order to please his grandmother and inherit his part of the family fortune. Samantha's latest pet project is The Turtle, one of New York's most successful yet style-impaired bachelors. Charlotte becomes addicted to a vibrator called The Rabbit, and the girls stage an intervention. And now, back to the boys. Hey, hey everybody. Hey. Oh, wow. What an episode. The, the turtle and the hare. Everyone have good breath? Everyone check their... Ooh. You know, one of the things for good breath, you just got to keep hydrated. It's just really, water. Yeah. yeah. I notice that when I'm, when I'm at the gym and I'm like, I haven't drank enough water at the gym, I notice I have some stank breath. Yeah. yeah. That's, that happens. That's the thing when people it's say water. they have coffee breath. It's like the last thing you drank is coffee and you're kind of dehydrated. Just spritz it up with some water. Hey, mm. not only are we here talking about sex and city, but we're giving you life tips. Yeah. Life tips from Kevin, Corey over there. A couple of hygiene tips for you out there. Turtle in the hair. Great. Great episode. episode. Great episode. A lot going on in the, in the best way. Lots. This was the spinning. They were spinning a lot of plates, mm -hmm. and not a single one broke. It's it's. There was it, no talking headshots, guys. There were yeah. none. There's there was, no, there's they didn't none, waste there's time with that. Yeah. One part where there was a carry VO, and she kind of turned to camera during the VO, but that was it. That was it. And there were no. Uh, yeah, there were no character. I mean, you you ones. know, I love the talking headshots and the yeah. basketball and courts. Okay. Well, then I was wondering if we were getting out. They're not done yet. Okay. okay perfect. Yeah. I, I love I love those characters, and I love when they come in, and uh, we. But yeah, we're bummed that they weren't uh, weren't on that episode. I do think uh, we got to spend a little time with Stanford, which was good. That was great. And we got to spend a a little time uh, with all of our loved ones. It was like well balanced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the genius of the show is yeah. that, and they're all like when you really. They're all tight plots. Yeah. Like they're all like they yeah. have a theme about settling and mm -hmm. Charlotte is settling for the vibrator. Samantha is settling for a turtle. Carrie is settling for Stanford. Like they're all mm. revolve around. I didn't even totally very, get that. No, I love very, it. Very, very specific that then allows because I think like the genius of the show is it allows you to take this super, super specific life scenario that very few people can technically relate to you know yeah. mm -hmm. like going on a date with a really rich person with bad breath um and turn it into this universal thing of like oh wow yeah there have been moments in my life when i've settled for something that was mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. beneath mm -hmm. my visions of grandeur mm -hmm. and all right. of that so 
but it's all they yeah all, they yeah. stay on theme and there's always like some that are super playful and just silly mm-hmm. um like the charlotte one um with mixed in with some that are like more serious like samantha's plot line this time is a little bit serious yeah, like yeah. we see her getting vulnerable like right. i think stanford's plot line is like it's playful but it's also serious like mm-hmm. he's being disinherited because he's gay like yeah, that's yeah. a serious it's really serious thing, thing. and mm-hmm. when he it got vocal awes from all of us when the date comes up and is like no this isn't gonna work I yeah know. you know and then when his response to it to to Carrie is like this has been me for 15 years oh, it was like it's oh, a great wow. line yeah. too yeah 15 years of rejection is a lifestyle yeah. oh, man. Oh, yeah. he is a face I wrote, I wrote that one down rejection is a lifestyle um but yeah and I think you know there are ex- examples that are like that is even though obviously placing a personal ad is out of date like that sentiment is so current that's like you like, could yeah, imagine that's like oh I signed up for Tinder yeah, or whatever you could yeah. imagine Stanford being on Grinder and having that exact totally. same like you know people aren't reaching out to me because I don't fit the ideal like headless torso body type right um like the channel was very different but the the emotion is if is anything insane. now it's more relatable cuz right. everyone can be like back in the day it was like that was a big thing to place a personal ad now it's like that's the main way people right. meet anybody right. totally. yeah totally we're yeah. all just personal ads yeah um, do you want to, John, do you want to just try and give a quick rundown of the episode yeah, and then we'll get like deep think, into it? I think quick Dan top did line. a great yeah, job. It was, like it was kind of about settling. Uh, and, and the main storyline is Carrie finding out that Big doesn't want to get married. Uh, she, uh, they went to their friend Brooke's wedding and, and kind of realized that Brooke, who was the, what what they say, that prom every single, every single weekend right. was a different prom yeah. for her. And. Uh, she gets married. She had a really, really brutal quote. What was it? I oh, wrote she it said, uh, you should always marry someone that, l- that loves you more than you love. Them. Right. Which and I, that, phew, ooh. which I think, uh, well, we can talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, that got Carrie thinking and she, uh, you know, called big after the wedding and he said, you know, he's been married once doesn't want to get married ever again. And so that kind of, uh, makes her start processing the idea of maybe, uh, she's settling or what does that look like in New York? And uh, Samantha uh, gets introduced, not Samantha, Charlotte gets introduced to the rabbit via Miranda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first she's a little bit resistant to it, but she she comes around when she sees that it's pink and, uh, and, it's cute. and, and cute looking, which, which I thought was hilarious. Just so you know, the rabbit is a vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> um, with, with a little, it's got, little, it's got a little rabbit on it. Like a little rabbit. Yeah. Right. Which, what's that for? I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> So, so wrong guess. <laughs> so, um, Samantha ends up going out with the turtle. Uh, what was his name? Byron, Bernie uh, Turtle Tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great name. He has uh, he has bad breath, but she uh, is at a date with a gentleman that she met at the wedding. She he just gets, needs to hydrate. Yeah, exactly. That's all I need. She gets stood up uh, kind of mid-date and ends up uh, getting uh, intercepted by him, has dinner with him, and realizes you know that someone's being nice to her. She was in a vulnerable spot, and she tries to kind of make him uh, his her work in progress. And uh, I, I don't know if there was one with a storyline really with Miranda unsettling, was there? No, she like put things in gear. Yeah, she was... Then- Went into the background. Yeah. This one. And then we have Stanford, who, uh, like we said earlier, is, puts out a personal ad, is kind of sick of the competitiveness of, of being a gay man in, in New York, and uh, ends up 
kind of getting rejected from that. And after going to the ballet with Carrie, decides that maybe they should get married. Mm -hmm. Uh, Has a great, great scene, but a heartbreaking scene with uh, his grandmother as well. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And tons of story, tons of plot. It was a great episode. Lots of scenes. What, what, I I could assume, but what, because I saw you nod when you said the competitiveness of gay, of the gay dating scene. What, like, what's, what's he talking about? I mean, I just think, I think there is, and it's probably the case for everyone, but, you know, it just happens to be the scene that I'm familiar with. Like, there is an expectation, a desire that you're kind of perfect on all levels, like Mm. making a ton of money, have a perfect body, have great face, like be the king of nightlife um, and just be really crushing it on all dimensions. Um, And I think that can be exhausting. And it has been that way since, you know, obviously since Stanford and you you have to have, you know, the perfect Fire Island house and also the perfect apartment in New York and the perfect job and also know where all the great parties are and have perfect abs. And it's like, oh my God. Um, But nobody does like yeah, nobody yeah. actually is that ideal um but everybody is driving toward it and or not everybody obviously but um you know gets gets pretty worn out by it and i think you know his plot line is even more relevant today because at least then like you had a a chance to meet someone in a non superficial way. You know, yeah. maybe you're just like looking for an Ed Harris type. Um, <laughs> that is such a great and thing. now, I mean, obviously everything is, you know, leading with your picture and leading with in depending on the app, it's either your face or your body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know when I had when I first put a Tinder Bumble profile together. It was just like, just threw stuff up because people were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll try this out. And then after, and that was like fine. But then it was crazy like a month later, two months later, once it started blowing up. And this was like early on. Then after things don't work out the way you want, it, it, was, it was crazy just being like, oh yeah, how do you want to represent yourself to someone to go on a date with you? And then you just realize all the stuff that you end up like, I, I didn't think of myself as very... Con- I'm pretty content with who I am. Right. But then all of a sudden I was like, I, I quit telling people I was a comedian because people wouldn't go on. They <laughs> right. would, they'd be <laughs> right. like, no, oh, totally. And so I started saying writer instead. And I wouldn't mention that on a first date or two until, and did you have like a toupee in your profile picture? Also? <laughs> I always had, I had a toupee. Yeah. Did you no, spray, I mean, you had spray on abs? I would, well, well yeah. I would have on hats in a few cause yeah. I, I am a, I am a bald man, but I would make sure in it that I had a hat off in one because I didn't want to go on a date and then they're like, oh, you're you're bald? So I would make sure people saw that. But you just end up having all of these things of how you're presenting yourself. Right. And I was like, I would never thought about this when I was just meeting people <laughs> totally. and connecting and then getting dinner or whatever. Oh, you know? yeah. There's nothing more humbling, I think, than like going through your pictures to find the profile picture and just being like, I'm just a disgusting human being. <laughs> yeah. Like none of these will do. I need yeah. a yeah. new haircut. I need probably a new face. And yeah. Then yeah. Asking, like, and then asking someone the one that you think is great, showing it to someone, and then being like, uh, oh, no, yeah. actually, oh, yeah, this one's hard. way yeah. better yeah. than that. Totally. Like, Why? Oh, I thought I looked great in right. that picture. This and is they my say winner. they say something that you didn't even think about. You're like, oh, it's because my because my <laughs> right. hair. No, the bags no, no, under no. your eyes. You're like, what? Totally. Your nose looks huge. Yeah. In I know, picture. and I, I think this is exactly like why Sex and the City is so enduring. Is like 
they very quickly move from like a very specific scenario that is probably objectively dated by now mm-hmm. to like a universal emotion right. that that we can all connect to. And it's like then you get... well, even him just standing on the street after posting the Ed Harris personal uh, ad and seeing people walk up, like uh, even if you've done internet dating or not even internet dating, just anything. like a setup from a friend. Yeah. Every person that walks in that coffee shop or that bar, you're like, is that, oh, I can't tell. Is that him? Yeah. Is that her? Is that him? And then and, he's so and then good. finally the one comes up and then he's just like, this so isn't going to work. I know. That's so bad. And he looks exactly like him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. And Willie, Willie Garson, is, he's so good. That's who plays Stanford. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's perfect. He's What's he in now? Is he... But been in he was in since? suits, I think. Oh, okay, I think he was in suits. We'll find that out. We'll look yeah. that up. That's a fun fact. Um, I I think uh, it was it was interesting to see Stanford come up because he doesn't come up to like three quarters of the way through the episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he's a whole new storyline with Carrie, and then there's all the grandmother stuff, which it, it was interesting. The grandmother kind of is is like what Carrie could be. Because the grandmother's right. like, I used to be a career woman. Right. And I right. gave it up to have kids. Even the and picture she, where she's holding the baby yes. looked a lot like It looks like Sir Jessica Parker, yeah. yeah. And she's also wearing a, is a Chanel suit. Yeah. Coco Chanel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. she says she has like four Chanel suits that are designed. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, Car- like, this is, I mean, Carrie always. Like, she never... She never has the answers. Like, she never even really knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to get married, but part of her doesn't want, obviously, like, the wedding that she went to in the beginning of the episode. And, you know, maybe she wants to have kids, but she doesn't want to give up her career. Like, you see all of these questions bouncing around in her head. And even though, you know, the the, the, the sort of writing style, all the questions, and maybe, and I couldn't help but wonder, and all of that, like, it, it is spoofable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think it is what makes her character someone that you really lean into because she doesn't know and so you start like participating with mm. her wrestling with these big questions about yeah i thought life I th- and love i thought they did a really good job showing that when she's like t- tasting the food at her and bigger cooking yeah and it's right after the scene with the grandmother and he's trying to flavor the the soup or whatever he's making per- perfectly needs more salt and he's like needs more salt and he's like uh what do you think and she's like i do want to have kids in a family and i'm like that is such an accurate portrayal of someone who's wrestling with those like questions yeah. in the back of their head. It's like it, their intentions would be to say, hey, let's carve out a time to talk about our future and our kids. But, you know, those questions are bubbling so much inside their head that like the first opportunity they can, they just explode forth. And it's yeah. like, I was watching that. I was like, man, that's just such a inconvenient time to have that conversation but it was so real. It's so accurate so that, that if you were if you were thinking about something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you would you would just kind of explode with. The, and that's I, what, I do want this. His response was definitely like, oh, "I thought we were making dinner." Oh, yeah, he was like, I I we were "But also, songs. like, these are my like, and this may be controversial, yeah. <laughs> um, but these are my least favorite." moments in sex and and it's I love them because they're real and Mm -hmm. true and that is exactly what Carrie would do and what Big would say Um, but I hate it because the end of the episode Carrie comes around to Big's perspective yeah Carrie comes around to oh just live in the moment we're just having fun fun." Mm -hmm. Um, and it's I don't know what I want her to do (laughs) like I definitely don't want her to be like I need to know right now whether or not um but and you'll see as as time goes on, like there are a lot of moments where like she brings something up with Big, and 
he gives her nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she adapts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like her more as, you know, the brash cigarette smoking independent woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and this like the scene when they were laying in bed and yeah. she was smoking the cigarette. I was that. like, that's a great Love that that's a Carrie. great carry moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm yeah. thinking about getting married to Stanford, you know. And totally. Yeah. Well, who are you gonna have Ms. sex with? Blash. I have you. You know <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's a badass. Already there's we're only in episode nine, but there's already a few of those. Like when they are standing there in Union Square or whatever. Then and they, it ends with her saying something, and then he, they just look up. I forget. It was a few episodes it ago. Was the episode where she's with, uh, it's Justin Thoreau. Yeah, she's oh, with Justin yeah. Thoreau. Yeah, but the same sort of thing. It's like she, uh, they really need to work out. They need to work on their communication. And like John said, totally. sit down and be like, let's really discuss this. Yeah, because. Yeah, I don't know. Let's have a DTR talk. <laughs> right. Let's define this relationship. <laughs> yeah. Is this six seasons of this? A lot, a lot of back and forth. There, I a mean, he forth. never, he never gives. But it's real. Mm-hmm. It's so real. This yeah. is what makes it like, like the, the carry that I want would make for a very unfulfilling TV show mm-hmm. because the carry that I want would have left him, like the second that he wouldn't commit. Yeah, like would have just been like, no, I'm worth way more than that. Right. Screw you. Right. <laughs> like I'm not going to be like fake versions of myself to trot out to try to impress you and then I give all this energy and you give nothing. Yeah. Like you get I mean, there are moments way later when he starts to give something, but um you know, the majority of it is like her trying so hard for it to work and just accommodating him mm-hmm. um and then him just, you know, just existing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there is a lot of him, like anytime she's in three other storylines, like she's in the rabbit storyline, yeah. she's in the Stanford storyline. And then she just calls him and he's just at home. He's like, Hey, what's up, babe? He's always just kind of there in his life. And then she calls on him and he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm here. Do you want to hang out? Totally. And there's never, there's never really in integration. Like there's never, um, and there will be episodes where it's like awkward when they try to like almost like combine yeah. lives. But no, it's never like big is never flowing in the plot lines mm-hmm. the way that you'll see, you know, Charlotte in multiple plot. Like big is always like a separate yeah. mm-hmm. entity, That's interesting. Um, which I think is is meaningful. Yeah. Well, there's like a truthfulness watching it th- to that. It's like there's this one person that in so many different people's lives of I know that are dating or married or whatever, that some people seem like they have it so easy that it's like, like John, you met Katie, you guys dated, fell in love, got married, like pretty, I'm not saying your relationship was perfect, but it's pretty much like traditional in the way it happened. And we'd check in with you guys and you'd be like, yeah, we, we love each other. We're happy. You guys had a pretty seamless meeting to getting married. Mm -hmm. And you see so many relationships around that it's like, it's way more, we relate to it because it's like that person that sticks around in your life and it's not the normal thing that you thought it was going to be like. And you're like, I like this person 
and we have this connection. I meet other people and it's not there. I should just get over this person right. and they just like weave in and out of your life. And, and they never they never go away. And like, I think that's also even more true with like how digitally connected we stay with mm-hmm. all yeah. of our like the the one who got away, like never goes away right. anymore. Like yeah. They're always mm. following you. And that, I mean, obviously is the case with Carrie and Big, too. Like even as she technically moves on, like he's always he's always there. And I think it's what makes um you know, so many people when you just chat about the show, like they have their their big. Yeah. Um, the guy who kind of strings them along and doesn't give them enough for them to ever be truly confident in the relationship. Like Carrie is never actually like, oh, I am confident that this guy and even to the point of that really sad line, like always end up with someone who loves you more than yeah, you love them. Right. Um, like she never until very, very long, like, it's really confident that, like, wow, she's got mm. somebody who loves her deeply mm. and who would do anything for her and who would sacrifice for her. Mm. And that's what makes, you know, the end of the series so, so painful in certain episodes because she's just been, this has been happening for so, right. so long from this very first episode. Like, yeah. he won't even say, like, he won't even say, like, oh, yeah, you know. I'll get, yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of just like silence. Yeah, and like yeah. Do you guys think every uh, every everyone has a, a a Mr. Big in their life? Do you think all those Mr. Bigs also have Mr. Bigs? I like, guess like, everyone is, right. Have a Mrs. Oh, Big? I think about this. Is it, all is everyone the time. always <laughs> yeah. like have that? person in their life that they're like chasing and frustrated with or are there like 10 mr biggs for the entire world yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. are there just like do we all like point to the same or is half the population a carry and the other half is a big and it's like there's that constant tension between well the other thing i wondered is is carrie biggs big like is carrie like mr big is like oh i can kind of just take it or leave it but at any point you know, he's with this glamorous woman who's super successful and he's really just thinking about Carrie and he's kind of like can't get over it. He's like kind of wishy-washy on it and keeps being drawn back to her. Yeah. Because like, anytime Carrie calls, even if he's out with someone else, he's, he's still, sort of responds. Yeah. He's still and there. He's still there. Mm. It was pretty heartbreak. I watched the Grateful Dead documentary that's on Amazon this past week. Hard left. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, it comes right back. It comes back. But it was like he's at the peak of his career. Big? And Mr. Big, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. When Mr. Jerry Big when Christopher Noth showed up at the 1972 <laughs> concert in Saratoga. Yeah, but he he's at the peak of his career, and then he he does this interview with this lady he did an interview with like years ago, and they're just doing an interview, and then he asks her to marry him, and then and then they end up like going on a vacation, they get married, and he told her like you're the only person I've ever loved, and they're like at the top of their thing, then they get married. She goes on tour and then she calls him out for his drug use. He's doing heroin. And the second she does it, he's like, yeah, you can leave now. And they they wow. get divorced. And it was that thing that I was like, I was just interested in the documentary. I don't know their music well or whatever. But it was like he was walking around and had playing in front of 100,000 right. seat arenas and thinking about like this one person. Totally. And then when they come into their life and are three dimensional and real, it was like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah. And it was like. So, so Jerry Garcia definitely had a Mrs. Big. It's true. <laughs> totally. Totally. But it was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, like yeah. And Mrs. Dead. Well, the, and maybe that's, I think what the, 
the real person is always different than what you think. Uh, there's people I've I've like dated before, and you're like, man, that was awesome. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. I just like remember spending four weeks yeah. like trying to convince myself it was fine, and then breaking yeah. it off. And then a year later, you're just like, man, that was great. But yeah, I, you know, I, I think Mr. Big's more of an like for me at least more of an allegory. I think like Mr. Yes. Big can represent a career or mm. a, a way that you want to look or a guy in your life. It doesn't just have to be yeah. Relationally, there's some and they intentionally, I think, leave him a bit blank. Mm -hmm. Um, like they don't, they don't follow him without Carrie, they don't follow him the way that they follow other characters. Yeah, like you'll see Miranda running around without Carrie, and you'll learn so much about her insecurities and all of this, but you never get that. Even him not having a name represents right. that. Exactly. that it's like he's not this very is... nuanced. And he's right. always kind of in a black and white suit. Right. He's always kind of like this archetypal, successful New York guy in a black car. Yeah. He's like, he's like your your stand-up joke about what it's like to date New York City. Like he is <laughs> he is like an that allegory of the, the stand- abusive, like not not <laughs> yeah. physically abusive, right, right, but right, just right. like yeah. The thing you're chasing after that you shouldn't be. Exactly. The joke yes. itself truncated yes. is that New York City is a, is a, LA is like this girl that's a Barbie type cheerleader and she drives you around in a in a Jeep and you eat burritos and read screenplays with her but New York is like a girl that you see that is you look at her across the room and she's in a black leather jacket and she's smoking and she looks like a hot version of Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> and then she picks you up in a cab. The cab pulls up behind you. You see she's driving. And then as soon as you jump in the cab, she just punches you in the face repeatedly yeah. and swipes your credit card and then kicks you out in deep Bushwick and you get bed bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. And, right. says, and then you're like, this is but the greatest. Some and then you're like, yeah. and then you're like this is the most fun I've ever had like in my life. I love this. Amazing sex. So you like, yeah. So you like can't ever. Everything you're doing with her while she's in the cab, you love it. Incredible. It's the most exhilarating yeah. thing in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get away from it. Yeah. That, that is, I get it. But it's like a, it's very blanket. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, we talked about this because it is a character in the show. The city itself. Oh, for sure. It's so, it's still fun, even after living here for like, I think I've been here nine and a half years, just watching it and being like, oh, they're on Worcester Street. Oh, I totally. love that. Oh, yeah. And I, I think love- like <clears throat> the earlier episodes are more the sort of like documentary style. So you'll see as time goes on, like they do less with sort of periphery characters, like uh-huh. the fact that this started at a wedding that no, that you'll never see that right, woman right. again. And um, like it's these documentary style views. They talk about the average hundred thousand dollar wedding, yeah. like people that went to Dalton, like they go to Lavo on their date. Like these are very mm. real yeah. New York things. Um, and one of my friends actually, he's a bit older and he, um, he was like in the scene when sex in the city was on and he talked about how you would like watch it live and then you would go where they went and there would be like a fabulous like party with like Patricia, like everybody would be there and it would just be like glamorous and sexy. Oh man. You can like a star maker of a place for place. Oh, like like the the show. Would like make a place for? I mean, Magnolia Bakery was Magnolia on the Bakery. show for ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's, there's that stopped that. being a line yeah. since then. That's what you can imagine. To like, there's tons of shows that film in New York now. But if the, if you walked up and saw like, oh, they're filming Sex in the City, I bet people would know even before the episodes come out. Yeah. Right? If they were like filming at a restaurant or... yeah. And it was just, it was so real. I mean, certainly it's portraying a very glamorized view of New York and it's not gritty and no character is really, you know, having to like struggle to make it Mm -hmm. here. Um, 
But it is real in other ways. Like those magazine launch parties, they do exist. Mm, Club chaos. (laughs) These types of things like do exist. And that is like, I do feel like, you know, obviously it's sensationalized and you can't be a journalist and have a $40,000 dress and all of these types of things. Um, But like there is a reality to the portrayal of New York, I think. That's why people love it though. Right. Whenever people criticize it that hard, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? They don't, on Breaking Bad, like none of that was <laughs> yeah. realistic too. That's why people watched it. Yeah, that's you know. Dan was was uh, when you watched Sex and the City uh, growing up at North Northwestern, and before that, did that help kind of plant a desire to move to New York? Uh, yeah, I think it, so. I mean, I didn't watch it seriously until actually getting here. Oh, okay. So the impact for me was more like a desire to make the most out of New York. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of when you're. When you're here watching it, you're like, oh, I got to step up my game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to be going to more Wednesday night parties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe you shouldn't. But, like, <laughs> it does, uh, at least for me, it, like, inspired me to, because, you know, even just in this episode, like, they go to a fabulous wedding, they go to see the ballet, they go to a party. Yeah. Like, it just, are like you're like, this is all in my backyard these are all real places like I do want to uh, bounce around a little bit I want to have these experiences right. I want to have um, you know I want to have heartbreak because like look at that yeah. yeah it's fabulous yeah. <laughs> there was a, on in December Corey and I went with uh, with one of our friends for his birthday he wanted to go to the Met and I'd never been to the yeah. Met the opera and we saw the magic flute and oh, then fabulous. afterwards we walked and it was like kind of snowy out and then we walked and had cocktails at the plaza and then we went to a dive bar stayed out way too late but it was like it costs like $45 to go to the Metropolitan yeah. Opera House and I don't want to do that every night but I'm like I've lived here nine years and not seen an yeah. opera and it was like it was such a great night out and I was like this would have been if I was 16, that would have been the highlight of my trip for a year to like go to right. a, an opera house and then go to this. So it was it was super fun. The whole time we were talking, we we're like, this is like very, this is like getting me pumped to do our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. But but yeah, there's so much here that watching stuff like this, you're like, man, I, I've never been to the ballet. I got to yeah. take advantage. Yeah. It like yeah. allows you to live that like glamorous life. Yeah. Two things real quick. One, uh, Stanford Blatch, uh, Willie Garson, that's his name. Yeah. Right? He was on White Collar. Oh, that's wow. the show he was on. He was on White Collar. He's on been in a bunch of other USA. Things. USA. That's one of those shows that I've never watched any of those. And I have this theory that none of those shows actually exist. Like White <laughs> Collar and Suits. <laughs> and what's the other one about doctors? Uh, Royal Pains. Royal, Royal Pains, yeah. <laughs> All those ones, they're not real right, shows. Like you've never watched it. You don't know anybody who's watched it's it. It's just but a like poster campaign. Everybody is in it. Yeah, yeah, completely. But the other thing was, I think we were saying this before well, we started. The creators of White Collar and Royal Pains yeah. aren't going to be guests on the podcast now. And yeah. they won't because they're not real shows. <laughs> they will not be because they're not real shows. Actually, no, the uh, whoever's marrying uh, Prince Harry. Who also was at... Northwestern concurrently. Are you serious? Oh. With the princess? Yeah. Michelle uh, Meghan no. Markle. Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. Yeah. She was, yeah. wasn't she so on she was a color? Bit, yeah, she was on or she was suits. on suits. She yeah. was on suits, yeah. Um so yeah, I won't I mean it would be cool if I like had a deep relationship with her. <laughs> if you got invited um, to the like, wedding. Yeah. You know, Carrie Dragshaw and <laughs> Princess Megan um, were hanging out in college. I think there were there was a little bit of overlap. Some crossover. Oh, that's so know. cool. That's yeah. awesome. I wish yeah. she was at that frat party where you saw the green tool. Uh, yeah. Totally. I mean, it would be such a full circle. It would be, be amazing. But before we started, I think you were saying 
that there was something you saw in this episode that like when you first saw it, you were like, that's such a great Carrie move. And then seeing it now, was that in this episode? Oh, no, that's in the wait for it. But that's (laughs) when she goes to Big's church. Okay. (laughs) So in a few episodes, it'll all make sense. But when I first watched it, I was like, hooray for love. Uh (laughs) And then when I watched it again, I was like, whoa, Carrie, that's real creepy. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll stay tuned. I, I can't wait. To I already know one. the date we're going to watch it because yeah. we, we have yeah. it scheduled. It's so. good. <laughs> I do think like one thing I think in this episode perfectly captures the modern tension with sex in the city as it relates to being culturally relevant. So big part of the plot line is obviously the rabbit and mm-hmm. it's pretty provocative at the time and probably still would be today Mm -hmm. um, to have a bunch of women talking about pleasuring themselves on TV. Like it was like independent women, like here we are, we're proud. Um, But in the same breath, Charlotte says the like sort of cringe worthy. Like when she sees the rabbit for the first time, she goes, Oh, pink, yeah. <laughs> like for girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have like at this, in the same plot line, this, what I think is fascinating, like on the one hand, you know, pushing women <laughs> forward, right. maybe, I mean, I'm not a woman, yeah. so I can't like speak articulately on that. But on the other hand, like embodying these feminine stereotypes yeah. and it's existing in the same breath. And I just think it's, you know, kind of fascinating. And it's drew within the same same all throughout the show. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to I bet there's an article out there about sales of that after. Oh. Because I bet it was insane, I'm sure. There was there because then what happened? Charlotte gets addicted and doesn't even like leave their home. No, so oh, I bet I it was just I like thought it was a little uh, unbelievable how willingly the her friends were to like touch it and grab it and jam it in her purse. <laughs> after I'm sorry, after I, maybe she... I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, but if I was coming to take away your dildo, Kevin, I, I would, I'd wear some dish gloves or something like that. Bring some put, bleach to yeah. spray it down with. Listen, <laughs> like, nothing against you. It's just you know. Uh... I liked that Carrie said that it came in a box in Japan because I went to Japan last summer on a vacation and. Then there are there's a five floor sex shop in a, in the Akihabara neighborhood. I think it is like the, uh, the yeah, electronic yeah. city neighborhood. And we went. We were like, let's just go. It's like a tour. It, it feels like you're going to somewhere in like Astor Place or something. Yeah. And the vibrators they have in those stores are insane. Like the way there's a little rabbit on there. There's like one that just has like a weird little alien that goes back and forth. <laughs> it, and there's things that just like spin and light up and flash and make noises. It's like you're playing with like a mini lightsaber. Right. That was so. Do they have the, the horse that Samantha was wanting? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Genius. Does everyone genius. here remember the first time you ever saw a horse's dick? Because I remember another hard left by Kevin Doyle. So I was watching this documentary about horse dicks, and uh, we have we have we're slowly building franchises for this podcast. Uh, Yeah, John wants to have a little sidebar called Steve Talk once we get to Steve. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm really into Steve, but I feel like Steve Talk. Our other sidebar needs to be hard left by Kevin Doyle. (laughs) He just goes into a place. The Steve plot is is a beautiful. I think like a very very beautiful plot line yeah. um, I'm like really excited to give yeah. some final thoughts on Steve when yeah. when is Steve come in season I'm not very season good three? at remembering like exactly he's later right yeah he's a little later Steve um, talk yeah but, yeah but, but horse penises yeah go Huge. ahead go ahead go what, 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 it was a very New York experience wait was <laughs> yours a police horse it was a police horse and it was we got off the subway I was on my my like 10th grade choir trip to New York 
and uh, we Do they not have horse horse penises in uh, Ohio. I mean, I didn't see any. Okay. I had, I had been to like everything's bigger in New York. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember we got off the subway, and there was one of the Central Park uh, Central Park horses there, and this girl that uh, named Lauren hate it. She was in our our choir. She played Rizzo in Greece, and I played Kanicki. This was before that though and she just got off and she's like you took a hard left from your hard left story (laughs) and she's like she's like look at that horse's penis and like all these like eighth ninth and tenth graders just like looked at it and everyone like started laughing and we were like taking pictures on disposable cameras and my mom still will be like remember when you're on that trip to new york and lauren hate it called out that said look at that horse's penis and it was very big it was enormous i mean those things are huge yeah yeah well i mean you know you're talking about the right show because horses play a big role in sex in the city as do large penises we Um, have to there's a there's an episode uh with a character called mr too big oh stay tuned for that who who gets to spend time with mr too big i don't want to spoil it Okay. okay It, right. Surely it can't be Samantha, but maybe maybe it will. We'll see. Is that is that I, I've never I've seen that in TV and stuff. I've never heard of a friend be like, yeah, too big. Never heard of anybody say that. But I don't know. Maybe it's out there. I'm also not in those rooms. I guess. <laughs> I read an article about the guy who has the largest penis in the United States, and it didn't. He his life doesn't sound pleasant. It sounds how big is it? Right. It's huge. I mean, it's yeah. enormous. But every, awesome. everything is just difficult for him. I guess like pants. Like yeah, clothes to wear. Yeah, yeah, that would just be. I think that's the thing where it's like it's at some point it it'd be like if you. I mean, I can't think of another thing to compare it to if you had really really long arms. I don't know, but like if you have something that's like an abnormality to the point where that's probably not the same thing. Um, no, 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 it's the same thing. No, it's different. It's different. But it doesn't. That's something like I remember a friend in high school when we were we were listening to like uh, Snoop Dogg Doggy Style for the first time, and there's like all these things about like having really big nuts, and my friend was like. Why would you want to have huge testicles? Why would you want he's elephantiasis like, in your he's balls? He's like, why? You could just probably get someone pregnant faster. Like, it's not. I don't know if the science <laughs> right. works with that, right. but like, yeah. it's like it's not a probably like average, good average. Yeah, a little better than average is probably enough. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. You don't want to be gigantic. You yeah. hear that, Snoop Dogg? Change those lyrics. Come on, yeah. using kids. Come on, man. What are you um, doing? Maybe a hard left, but into the episode, I felt like directing wise, this episode was one of the best we've seen because yeah. one thing we've seen in the first uh the first season there's a lot of like just an episode will come up where there's all these like weird camera wipes or like they do like weird tricks oh, yeah. or, and there's a lot of the talking to camera they did have a split screen they had the split and screen Big. and it felt a little dated <laughs> yeah. but it w- it felt a little dated but it was tasteful it was right it was, it right. was right it was both of, and you know moment. what was cool is in, in that split screen they're in the same yeah. beds they looked the same. Like yeah. that worked. That was the only crazy trick. But the thing that I thought was the coolest was when they go to do the the rabbit intervention with I was just gonna say and that. they look like they're in like matrix clothes. They're both in like long and black totally. jackets yeah. and it's a follow cam through the whole apartment. Yeah. And it's it's like it's like a Matrix or like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, scene. yeah. totally. It was so it was really well done. Yeah. It w- that was hilarious and so just out of nowhere. It was so good. It, it was it's like it it feels like a cop show thing or something. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, there I mean I think like this episode I mean throughout but like it starts to add dimension to the characters too. Like you see Samantha's vulnerability very much when yeah. she has that moment where she sees her date flirting with another girl mm-hmm. and you see Charlotte's 
promiscuous side, right. even though it's with the vibrator. Like this isn't what the like pure romantic would yeah, do. And so you yeah. start to get the layers of the characters. And like, I think that Carrie kind of has all of them in her. And you see that mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. episode, like, you know, she has a little bit of Samantha when she's telling big that like he has her, she has him to sleep with. Mm-hmm. She has a little bit of Charlotte when she's wistful for, you know, this very traditional sense of romance mm-hmm. and marriage. And she has a little bit of Miranda when she's talking to the, um, the girl who just got married. And she's like, is that really enough? Like, do you feel fulfilled? Like that's kind mm-hmm. of a Miranda, like cynical perspective to take. Um, so I think you just start to see the characters getting rounded out a little bit more and breaking out of their like very strict shells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Samantha on how she treated Turtle in the end oh. because she was so, it was so refreshing uh, when she's like, everyone's talking about his breath and she's like, your breath's bad. He's like, really? And then it's like, oh, you fixed that. And then at the end she could, she was like, I'm leaving. I'll call you later. So she started off with being like, I'm going to just tell you the truth. Yeah. And then they had a connection. And at the end, I just didn't understand why she couldn't say like, Hey, you're awesome. This isn't going to work out. Why? You talk too much about mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And then you leave. What is this phantom threat? (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why it's valuable to like, I've never talked about this show with heterosexual males. And (laughs) so you get, Turtles perspective. Yeah. Like well, no, it's a true. voice for Turtle. <laughs> Finally. All three of us have terrible yeah. breath yeah. and we have no. something to say. But it's it's true. Because it's like true, yeah. you you immediately stick up for Samantha, like or I because it's like, oh, I've been in those awkward dates and I've just wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's as but it's true. Like that was a very undignified way to leave, and they had been on multiple dates, like Come on. I think it's especially because they started it with like the brutal honesty, which was like, which was great for him. Yeah. And and then it was interesting because it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I have halitosis. He was like, it's because I'm taking these weird Chinese herbs. And she's (laughs) like, well, you're going to have a long life alone. But there was something about, there was something really. I wish I could have had a sex scene. I wanted to see Turtle just have the best sex of his life (laughs) with Samantha, but they never showed it. I wish he would have had the best sex of his life, but he had one of those Chinese face masks on the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) In her face, like, (gasps) no, you you know, homeboy uses a CPAP machine. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that apnea. Sleep. Darth Vader or a turtle. But there was something that was really cool about when she said that to him. That's a refreshing thing, especially for. For a guy, for a straight male, when you have those, I think they're, I think they're sometimes few, maybe they're more in New York, but when you have a relationship with a woman, when you're like, oh, this is totally platonic. And if someone could say like, hey, listen, nothing's going to happen between us. I'm going to be honest with you. I guess that wasn't totally the case with Samantha and him, but when she was just like, I'm going to be honest with you. sort you you out. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, cool. And then it was going to like, it, he, they had kind of a safe thing happening there. And then. I think she just she just got annoyed with it after a while. Yeah, I well, they probably we, had to just wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. probably like, part of the. We got to move on mm-hmm. from Turtle real this, quick. This is <laughs> we don't we don't have thirty seconds yeah. for dialogue. Uh, that's we just true. Have to, so wait, be be honest with us. And spoilers are allowed here. So uh, so you're saying that. That's the end of Turtle for the there's not a whole, Turtle. Oh. It's the end of I mean that's what, what a shame. I mean no I don't Turtle I can't Bernie? I can't speak definitively but like I do think that like season 1 and see, like the show doesn't quite yet have its own plot 
to fuel it. Like it yeah. doesn't have its enmeshed character driven plot lines to fuel it. And so they bring in a bunch of little bits. And it's also like, um, you know, you guys probably haven't read the Sex and the City book by Candace Bushnell. Um, but the season, first season is much more the book the where essays. it's like bouncing around mm-hmm. and like, oh, we go to this wedding. Oh, we go to this baby shower with people that you've never seen before. And as time goes on, you just get a little bit more. The episodes are building off of, you know, Steve and Miranda, mm-hmm. who are through many episodes, Steve, and all these mm-hmm. different things. So, yeah, you get a few more guest appearances. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're and Justin Thoreau will come back. Oh, as really? A, oh, as a, a completely different character. That's what I heard. Wow. <laughs> He's totally a different person. Yeah. Which is so crazy. That's another, Does he play Ernie like Turtle Tower? Bernie's brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, he plays a premature ejaculator. Oh. Uh, that's a big... That seems like... Because he was a seemingly big character. Like, it's crazy right. to have someone it's come notable. back. It's, yeah. it's like when they would replace yeah. the mom on sitcoms in the 80s. Right. They'd be like, hey, right. new mom on Valerie. Yeah, whatever, yeah. You know? I, I wonder what the backstory is. Because, like... You know, either one could have been a different person, but the backstory on uh, what's that show you said, Valerie? Valerie. Oh, okay. It was it was it was an early Jason Bateman sitcom. It was called Valerie, and then they killed the, Valerie off, and it became the Hogan family. Oh, oh wow. On f- deep, on, deep sitcom. <laughs> on Fresh Prince, right they there. replaced the mom. Oh yeah, because it was drama. Yeah, major drama, and there yeah. kind of still is. Still. Yeah. yeah. Really. What is that? How is there still drama at that show? It's been yeah, because she the, was really mad at Will, right? She, the original mom. Yeah, she still calls him out and still like has kind of a chip on her shoulder. I don't know if something was legit because wrong he happened. Was becoming a bigger star, or no? She's still a bigger star than him. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I would have to go and research, but I definitely know it was like a month, a year ago, or something. Yeah. She there was it was like back, and she was like still mad at the at Will Smith. Wow. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Because they were talking about doing a reunion. She's like, I'm not going to have any part of it. Ooh. Which yeah. also the drama, I feel like this week, because I now I Google Sex in the City well, to see what news. Yeah. And it was kind of sad because right now oh, there's yeah. like a drama between um, Kim Cattrall yeah. and Sarah Jessica Parker. And well, that Kim made me kind of sad. Kim now Cattrall, that I'm starting yeah. to get to know them a little, I'm like, oh, that's a bummer because you do see them as like, yeah, kind of like. Oh, they're not friends right. in real life right now? You just want it to Is be the, real. The yeah. drama just seems like she won't do a third movie. She's just done with it, right? Isn't that the main drama? Or is there more... Who knows? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Although it's I just... did see something that I think could—it's probably a joke. But there was a thing where Ellen somehow got involved, and Kim Cattrall was like, "Ellen, I think you'd be perfect to play me in the third movie." And then Ellen <laughs> oh, was well, like, "Oh well, yeah." I'm in. SJP was on Ellen, yeah, um, and she was like playfully because it is public knowledge that Kim Cattrall doesn't want to do a third movie, yeah. and so Ellen mentioned that, um, and SJP was just like, oh, "You should play Samantha." And they made a. Ellen was like, "Oh, I'm very similar to Samantha." Yeah, um, and then I think. Kim Cattrall like tweeted like I, I think she was like I'm all in or something, or something. Like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. that's actually <laughs> Ellen's the perfect person to help calm those waters she's oh, just yeah. like the Who best be, right yeah. Ellen should be just a mediator for everything yeah yeah uh, so the last thing that we do is uh, we rank the episode. On, uh, oh. on, uh, we do it by Cosmos one to five Cosmos uh, five being the best you can use half and quarter Cosmos uh, oh, and we're, okay. we're keeping track of, of all of our uh, episodes here and since we sprung this on you, we won't make you go first. Corey, do you want to go first? I'll One go to first. five Cosmos. I will go first. I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a four and a half Cosmos. Four and a half. Cosmos. I think that's the highest I've rated anything. Wow. And 
part of the reason I'll say, I mean, first of all, this happens every time we do one, but the conversation afterwards always bumps it up for me. Mm. I think just seeing the themes, one thing that Dan brought up that I thought was so true is that you really get to see how each character is like settling outside their normal. So you get to see Charlotte go into this thing where she doesn't want to go out because she wants to stay home with the rabbit and that's not really her. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see that with Samantha and the turtle. So there's, I think there was a lot of good character turns, but also I was just impressed with just there's so much happening. Like the mm-hmm. Stanford thing seems like it could have been almost a whole other episode. Yeah. We, I feel like we didn't even touch on that. And I time. bet if you like broke it down, it was a total of like three minutes. Yeah. Yes. But it was this like deep, right. meaningful. So ex- I mean, it's the whole similar. thing about his grandmother being like, well, you know, Stanford's a fruit and Carrie yeah. having to like, t- I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. Huge. Huge. Mm-hmm. I feel the same. Like when I rewatch Seinfeld, I, you always watch and you're like, I can't believe all of those things happen yes, in the yeah, same totally. episode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's dense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four and a half cosmos for the wow. Yeah. Wow. Kevin, I am. I'm going to go. And I, I looked back. I think this is my highest rating. Um, I want to make sure it's my highest rating. Did I give someone? Yeah. Well, so we don't four, know your four and a half. I think four and a half. I'm gonna do that as well. This is my favorite episode so far. Um, besides the pure joy of watching the pilot. Um, yeah, which oh, yeah. was just, but I think this, and I do think it's because there was, a, like you were saying, Dan, like a little more depth to the characters that it was that scene when they went in to get the rabbit was hilarious and my one of my favorite scenes. But the Stanford Blatch one, Samantha getting stood up by the guy, I was like, oh, wow. And so I think I felt for all of them in ways that I haven't before. Um, and for that reason, I give it a 4.5 Cosmos. I think, uh, man, I want to be different, but I, I think I have to go four and a half Cosmos also. Mm. One of my favorite scenes was when they're at the like the shitty diner eating pancakes and they're all talking about Carrie, um, talking about Mr. Big not wanting to be married. And I think, although this episode did a really great job layering the characters, I loved that scene where they all kind of interjected their opinions on marriage. And I love when, yeah, I mean, when they're all four together, shooting the shit that's like what really is the magical moments of the show for me and i love that one great episode stanford was fantastic bernie turtle tower four and a half it's so good and those are my like like i live for those sort of like crossfire style debates that they have at the diners and um so i'm just because i have the privilege of Knowing the future, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give it four Cosmos. Okay, okay. Um, just to leave a little buffer because there are going to be episodes that will just blow your frigging mind. Um, and also, what happens later? That so you'll notice like the fashion is quite simple yeah. in these early episodes. So what's going to happen later that you need to reserve some Cosmos for <laughs> is there are going to be moments where character combines with setting, combines with fashion. Fashion that just makes your head explode. I cannot wait. Um, because like when Patricia Field hits her stride, it's You're just like, like it's it's beyond. I um, but I do. I just love the episode. I think it's a very very classic Carrie monologue too. You know, like in a city of great expectations, was it time to settle for everyone? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like just these very very classic. Like she's finding her voice. Um, and I think all the plot lines are. 
beautiful and has a fabulous pun that we didn't even talk about where when she said meanwhile at the briar patch yes i mean she's a journalistic genius yeah um so amazing episode um but you know Gotta reserve there's, a cosmos. There's yeah, there are some moments. Gotta save those cosmos. Yeah. Um <laughs> this is before we go, I wanted to ask you, were there any outfits from this episode that you've have on your Instagram? Not yet. Okay. Um, but as I was watching it, um, I mean I feel like when this podcast comes out, I should like line up. Oh my god. Oh, that would be, and that'd be great. Yeah. So I'll watch it again. I mean, there was a super because she was very minimalist in the early episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, like there were a lot of just like very sort of Calvin Klein-esque minimalist silhouettes um in that you know i mean i'm sure part of it is just getting getting money (laughs) for the show like this first season nobody knew that it was going to be this like groundbreaking thing um but yeah there was this uh really great she was in the closet and it was just a minimalist dress but it had this strap across the shoulder Mm -hmm. um so yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll pull that one together that's great yeah yeah our um that's been since we our first few episodes we didn't have guests because we were just figuring out yeah. how to talk to each other yeah um and since we've had guests on that's been the thing that we've realized that we forgot is a main part of the show is we're like oh yeah the fashion right yeah. well but you're you also not there you're not it. there yet like you yeah. the first i mean obviously everybody looks beautiful and but the first season i mean that that brunch they were all wearing things that the other people could have worn like samantha was in a red sweater like uh. charlotte was in this blue thing like that once season two and season three start they're the outfits are never interchangeable like samantha is always in something that is so Samantha uh-huh. and Carrie isn't Can't always work. in something that, that is, is so great. Carrie and that hasn't really happened yet okay Carrie. so you'll you will naturally start talking about the fashion because it'll become just a bigger that's great part mm-hmm. of the show we're primed for it yeah, yeah. we're ready yeah there it's, was a part of the wedding great. where uh, uh, Carrie smelled a flower to get away from turtle turtle <laughs> yeah. breath but is Ooh, the flower the flower thing is a Carrie thing that comes up Huge. like it just yeah. that a that seems like that was uh, foreshadowing or just like something of her and flowers that happened throughout the show yeah yeah I mean she'll have a she'll have a flower phase where she's just always running around with just like a I gigantic can't wait. flower and it's, can't wait. it's always shoulder. it's just an homage to turtle it's her <laughs> it's the <laughs> <laughs> I never even realized the one that. that. Got yeah, away. It's, all the layers the it's all a throwback to Turtle. Awesome. Well, where can we find you on social media? What? Uh, oh, so it's just on Instagram. It's just Dan underscore Clay. Awesome. Yeah, At Dan Clay. Carrie Dragshaw. Dragshaw. <laughs> and your appearance from Watch What Happens Live is on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So you can watch yeah. that. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank we you. started so this. So much fun. This is like our dream. We're like, he's not going to respond. So <laughs> oh thanks gosh. for oh thanks gosh. for thank coming you. on. Yeah. This was super fun. Um, awesome. Once once we'll find out what your favorite episode is in the future, and we'd love to have oh, you back yeah. for something yeah, when for we can sure. talk more about fashion. That would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. We'll see you next week with uh, episode ten. Ooh. It's a good one. Fantastic. Go. All, right. All right. Thanks so much. See you later. Thank you. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.